Welcome to the Centre of Research Excellence in Cerebral Palsy podcast. In this edition, we hear from speakers at an education day coordinated by the Victorian Paediatric Rehabilitation Service. We partnered with VPRS to record and share selected sessions. We'll hear this discussion in four parts. This is part three. In parts one, two and four, participation, upper limb orthoses and early detection and intervention. We'll hear now from Dr. Sue Greaves, Acting Manager of Occupational Therapy at the Royal Children's Hospital. Sue gives some updates on exciting new things happening in the outpatient developmental assessment programs at the Children's. Now, Sue starts with an acronym. ADAC is the Allied Health Developmental Assessment Clinic. So what is ADAC and what do we aim to do? So ADAC aims to provide a coordinated collaborative approach to developmental assessment for infants and young children, not to school entry and their families at the Royal Children's Hospital. And it kind of came, started in 2011, so it's been going now for about six years. And it came out of, um, you know, the old hospital kind of model where, all remember where all our departments were spread all out over the hospital and speech were upstairs and physio were over there and OT were over there. And, and we did have some developmental um, clinics like Team One through developmental medicine, but you know developmental assessment was really poorly coordinated. And you on, you often felt like where the child end up was really random. So it might have got a referral to physio and OT never saw it, or you know three months later they wanted speech to be involved, etc. So it's a really poorly coordinated service. And so the aim of ADAC was to try and get a more collaborative, cooperative service going. So ADAC is interdisciplinary, so it is made up of OTs, physios, speech pathology and social works also available if required. And we combine it in the one assessment session. So we don't have the model of, you know, you go see the physio and then the next week you go see the OT or anything like that. We all combine, are combined together. The referral for, for ADAC is un, um, that the children has to be under six years of age or under school age. They need to have a RCHUR and their development needs to be investigated by an RCH consultant, be it a neurologist, a neonatologist, or a paediatrician, or but some there needs to be somebody investigating their development. And they should have concerns in two or more areas of their development. And um, that's because if obviously if there's a single concern, then that they can go to those individual departments. We conduct ADACs every Tuesday and every Wednesday and we have two assessments on each of those days so there's four assessments um, every week. Each assessment takes about 90 minutes duration and we also fit in some out of clinic assessments as well just because um, we've currently got about a three to four month wait list for ADAC but sometimes if we get very young babies and we require to do an assessment at a certain critical time point we'll fit those kids in as well during the week. So between the first five months of this year, uh, we've had about 109 children booked in for assessment. So we see quite a lot of kids um, over the year. And we, had a, we do have cancellation rates or fail to attend rates about 13% for this year. And the aim of ADAC is to use um, assessment at the right time using the right tools. I mean, you know, we know that this is really important. So, you know, we do have a raft of standardised tools that we really like to use, and we really like to use um, standardised tools to, you know, to to accurately measure and assess what's what's happening with these children. So, we will, you know, for infant assessments, we've got a number of clinicians trained in general movements. Hammersmith, NSMDA, team other kind of similar assessments. We might do motor assessments such as AIMS or Movement ABC, 
We do a lot of Bailey assessments, so as well, and we might have specific tools like, you know, language tools like, you know, the Rossetti and things like that. But virtually every assessment has some kind of standardised, we use some kind of standardised assessment tool. <coughs> On the day we, we um, do the assessment and we the therapists get together and have a brief discussion amongst each other because we really think it's important to provide some feedback to the family on that day. So the family um, gets some kind of idea of where um, we think the child's strengths are, where the child's difficulties might be, and but also really importantly, what's our plan? What are we, what are we gonna do from here? So we um, provide the families with a brief report on the day um, um, so that they can have a piece of paper to walk away with. But also what we will do is we will provide a much more detailed report report within three weeks of the assessment and that goes to the family referrers and any others that has been designated by the family. So what do we do for most kids? Well, we um, we can do three either three things. So uh, we can refer to an appropriate early intervention service that might be ECHIS, NDIS, Better Start, Private, Hospital, BPRS, lots of different options that families um, will go to. Sometimes um, we might see, particularly we might see very young children, we're not quite sure yet, you know, we're not, we think they may be okay, but we're not quite sure, so we might get them back in for a further assessment, so rebook for surveillance, and sometimes we'll just say, no, you're fine, go away, and we'll, and we'll discharge you. What it's not, we don't provide ongoing intervention. So we, we really don't, um, that's not our aim. We're a tertiary hospital. We don't, that's, that's not what we, we do as, a, as um, any of the departments, the OT, physio, speech therapy departments. So we often provide advice at the time of the assessment. And we do have a limited availability to provide a few sessions just to get families going. But really our aim is not to provide ongoing intervention. And that, so therefore, similar to that is we don't see children who are already involved with multidisciplinary interventions. So if they're already involved with ECUS or other multidisciplinary services, there's no point in us seeing them. Sometimes we get referred children for a second opinion because they want you know, a, a clearer picture of what's happening and we're happy to do that. Okay, so moving on from ADAC. So as I said, ADAC's been going for about six years now and we think it's been a, a good service, but I, we also think that there's a few things that um, could be improved. And one of the things why we think it might be improved was that last year one of our occupational therapists did a six-month project looking at um, a development, an allied health developmental model of care. And they because we really feel that there is a lack of clear guidelines that outline best practice for allied health clinicians working with children with developmental needs. So there is some, still some uncertainty about what is the optimal pathway. You know, there's inconsistency and an inequality of care and there's risk of not providing the most appropriate and effective developmental service. And so what she aimed to do was to use literature, targeted consultation with key stakeholders and evaluation of the current service development developmental service to come up with a set of recommendations for enhancing developmental care of infants and children within a tertiary setting. But I liked some of the work that she did because I think that she did some very interesting things. First of all, she sent out a medical survey to doctors in the hospital. So she sent out 250. How many do you think came back? 
So 38 came back, <laughs> which is 15% of the number of surveys that she sent out. So that would just tell you this interest. I think it's just really interesting. You know, that's how much. Uh, and so the people who did send them back were, you know, people who were involved in um, developmental care. So... Um, so I just think that is a really quite a poor response. And so a large portion of medical staff who didn't respond perceived um, uh, it was interesting. So even across all the levels, there was a poor response. So consultant, you know, registrar level, etc. But also um, when you ask them what was their perceived knowledge of allied health services at, at, um, at RCH, you know, the vast majority put, Five is their best level, which just goes to show you how well they know about allied health developmental services. So not only was there a poor response, but the ones who did respond didn't know much, was my message <laughs> from this. The other thing that she did was survey allied health st um, staff themselves. She got 73 responses for that, so that's a bit better. But again, it wasn't all, certainly not all of um, allied health staff. But of the people who did respond, 60% of participants had a, and this is allied health staff, had a reasonable knowledge about referral pathways within and external to RCH. 32% said they would complete a developmental screen to, prior to referring the child. And um, when people were asked, is providing a developmental service part of your role, 67% reported yes, but 33% reported no. 33% didn't think development had anything to do with treating kids or being in a children's hospital. So we thought that was interesting as well. So two primary recommendations. Also, the other thing that they felt was when, they, when we asked, say, how confident would you be able to, to do a developmental assessment or screen, again, there was quite a wide variety of responses to some, you know, not saying they, would, they were not confident at all. Um, so, again, that was an interesting thing from a, 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 a paediatric hospital. So the primary, this is what I want, primary recommendations from this were that um, an allied health development competency program would be run out through the hospital. And um, we are very lucky to have a project officer start with us earlier this year, and she's doing a fantastic job implementing this three-tiered program. So tier one is a very basic tier, and that's the kind of basic knowledge of development. And, um, you know, what we, we expect every allied health, health clinician to have a basic knowledge of development and to be able to recognise, you know, red flags or, you know, when is, them, them are issues with the child who they're working with. Then we move up to higher tiers where, you know, where we, we're looking at expertise, more on assessment, etc. And then finally, tier three is up highly specialised you know, assessments and we're currently working on exactly what that tier two and tier three look like. A second recommendation is a coordinated triage for all developmental referrals to the hospital and this is aims to establish and trial a standardised centralised system of referral and allocation of patients to ensure early detection and timely access um, across all of the hospital and not just to the people who know about us. So we really think that developmental assessment and care is integral to all of our interactions. Programs are all to be implemented to support developers' vision, essential allied health workforce to be competent in developmental detection and surveillance because optimal developmental outcomes will result.
Thank you for listening to the Centre of Research Excellence in Cerebral Palsy podcast. To find out more about our CRE, head to the website at crecp.org.au. Don't miss the next installation of this edition, which looks at early detection and intervention. Trixie Studio.